Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to our 200th podcast. Oh my God. I'm Molly. And I'm Kristen. Kristen, did you ever think we'd make it to 200 episodes? I think we're going to make it to 1,000 episodes, Molly. <laughs> I dream big or I just dream, dream big or go all. home. Yeah. Fair enough. But, dream big or fall asleep. But think back to when we started this podcast so long ago. So long ago. But the oh, 200 yeah. episodes did seem quite far away. It's true. Yes. And to celebrate 200, we do just kind of want to take a break from the normal normal kind of conversation. We have no studies sitting before us, no statistics at hand. And I think that's what gonna make this what's gonna make this podcast all the more special. Yeah. Absolutely no studies. What will we do? Whoa. There is nothing to prove our facts. <laughs> and we're just gonna sort of talk about how we um came up with the idea, what goes into a typical week of stuff mom never told you, and what we've learned from our wonderful listeners. And what we can all look forward to in the next 200. Yeah, we sent out messages on Facebook and Twitter asking for any questions, behind the scenes questions, questions about Molly and me and how the podcast has totally revolutionized our life. I know I've had to hire a bodyguard and it (laughs) is hard to go out in public without lots of people stopping me. Um, I'm okay as long as I don't talk because, you know, as soon as this voice voice. starts ringing in people's ears, it's uh, game over. I mean, it's just nuts out there. I am completely kidding. (laughs) But we got some great questions from people that we will um, definitely answer and hopefully give you guys an inside look at stuff I've never told you, whether you want an inside look or not. Well, I want to go back to January of 2008 which is uh, the month that Kristen and I both started at HowStuffWorks.com. Oh, wow. We started on the very same day. Memory Road. 
And I think that in those first months of 2008, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, Kristen, but I feel like we became pretty good friends. Yeah. We would go out to lunch occasionally with a group of people. Uh-huh. We would go to trivia nights. Yes. Um. So by the time July and August rolled around, I feel like we were buds. Yeah. And July and or August, I'm not sure exactly which month it was, was the month that doing a podcast first came up. Yeah, podcasts became pretty hot here at How Stuff Works, not surprisingly. We had the success of other podcasts such as Stuff You Should Know that a lot of you folks listen to. And word traveled down the chain that we were going to have a lot more podcasts. So Molly and I got together one day and said, hey, girl, let's do a podcast. And it didn't take long at all to come up with the idea of talking about things from a women's perspective. Yeah, because what better perspective can we give? Because you guessed it, we're women. And, uh, you know, we thought that we would be using a lot of articles around HowStuffWorks.com. Yes. And uh, that's sort of how we pitched the podcast was the female perspective on HowStuffWorks.com articles. Actually, I think the way we put it was <laughs> HowStuffWorks with boobs. That is how we put it. It was uh, we, we looked up the original proposal we sent to the higher ups here. And uh, it, the t- podcast tone, I think, has definitely evolved from how we originally yeah. perceived it to be. I'm still amazed that we asked our boss to do something um, just based on it being from, quote, people. With boobs. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever used the word boobs that's in professional probably, email that's before or prob- since. <laughs> that's probably why it took a little bit of time for this podcast <laughs> to get off the ground. That's true. We thought we sent this email uh, proposing the podcast August 6, 2008. We did not go live until February 2009. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that time of working on the podcast was really good for us. And uh, we have to thank our producer, Jerry, and a lot of people who work here for helping us find uh, the right tone of this podcast. And I think that, you know, the issue of women can be kind of tricky for some people to wrap their head around. I think that there was concern about whether we'd be either a pregnancy, childbirth, uh, childcare podcast. Which we have talked a lot about. Or if we'd be like this militant feminist podcast. Which we have talked a lot about. And, you know, I think Kristen and I originally saw it as being everything in the middle of those two things. Right. Because what we wanted to do is create a podcast that we would want to listen to. As, you know, young women with jobs, hoping to one day get married and have kids, but maybe not. And that was sort of where we came from. Yeah. And I would say that our fantastic, smart, wonderful listeners have helped us along the way to shape our voice as well, because you guys are constantly giving us feedback, offering suggestions and continually just making me and Molly smile with kind words of praise and keeping us on our toes. You know, we um, we always wanted to take sort of a neutral perspective on some of the more controversial is- issues we talked about. And we wanted to say, hey, we don't have the answer to everything. We have not experienced everything that is within the spectrum of personhood yet. And we hoped that when we started to do episodes, people would write in and help us fill in those blanks of experience. And I feel that that has been fulfilled within Beyond our wildest dreams. Absolutely. But sometimes the interesting thing about all this is that in an attempt to provide objectivity, but the interesting thing, Molly, about attempting to provide an objective perspective is that sometimes the neutral stance can be even more controversial than a highly opinionated stance. And one episode that does come to mind is female circumcision. That's right. Some people were very upset that we did not take a really strong stand about what was right and what was wrong. Mm -hmm. 
And But you know what? The way we did that episode was just a presentation of all the information we had available to us. And it always goes back, I think, when I'm thinking about how we're going to frame an episode to what I would want to hear. And I just wouldn't want to be preached to. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of how we made that decision is, you know, we work as journalists and writers during the day and we try and be objective in the articles we present on the site. And it seemed only fair to bring that same sort of fair mindedness to what we were doing on the podcast. So really fast, why don't we walk through how we actually make a podcast? Cause it's pretty simple. Yeah. I gotta say anyone could do it. <laughs> anyone, any one of you could do it. And except for the part where you get like Jerry or a good producer. Cause yeah, those, Jerry is amazing. Those are not, not N- common. Not anyone can be a Jerry or a Tyler <laughs> as we have today. Tyler's recording today. And what we do is a couple days into the week after we've settled into our Mondays. <laughs> all right. Uh, Molly and I will send back and forth some topics. Usually it starts with an email along the lines of, Hey girl, what should I talk about today or this week? More like, and we decide on some topics. They might be trending topics in the news mm-hmm. or just topics that it, we've been burning to talk about for a while. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know about you, Kristen, but I've got this document on my computer that's like seven pages long uh-huh. of things that I've thought of, things yes. our listeners have suggested, yes. interesting articles I see. And what I do is when I'm thinking of ideas to propose to you, when I really want to impress you, mm-hmm. um, I pick like the five best, the five that I'm in the mood for this week, I send them over to you. And from that, the back and forth, we kind of figure out what we're going to talk about. Right. Uh, once we decide what usually we record two episodes every week. And so Molly will take one episode and do the research for it. And I'll take the other episode and do the research for that. Then we swap our research so that we have then read all of the wonderful studies, documents, reports, articles, etc. that go into each podcast. And then we come into this wonderful studio at the House Stuff Works offices in Atlanta, Georgia. And we chit chat for a little while. And, you know, we try not, you know, one of the mistakes I think we made when we first started, Kristen, is we talked too much before the podcast started. We used to kind of rehearse about um, what we'd say. We'd never had a script. I'd, I'd field some jokes. But it would definitely be like, okay, we're going to start here, then we're going to go here, and we're going to end here. You're going to laugh here. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just like that. Yeah, that was practice. <laughs> and now we try and keep that to a bare minimum. I mean, it's not like I never see Kristen during the week. Uh, you know, we still we still chat, but, uh, you know, we're not going to bring up the topic we're discussing because we want to keep most of the magic. Right. We go to the, the microphone. We go to the break room. We take two shots of whiskey. <laughs> then we come in and we go for it. And the whiskey is hard since we do record at 1030 in the morning. Yeah. But you know what? No pain, no gain. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we may only talk before we record for about 10 or 15 minutes. And it's very bare bones. Like this is what I think we're going to talk about. Blah, blah, blah. But it, a lot Done. of times it's just office gossip. It's really when Molly and I catch up on what's going on at How Stuff Works offices because, you guys, it's, uh, it's, got it's crazy here. Or we talk about celebrities a lot. That's true. John Hamm. John Hamm. So, um, so that's how it happens. And then Jerry takes all of our ramblings and pieces it together in a wonderful, cohesive thing that we like to call a podcast. Right. And then, as you know, they come out Mondays and Wednesdays. There we go. So, so that's, that's about it. That's the answer. To that question, but Molly, let's get to the juicy stuff. Okay. Okay. Folks had some good questions they wanted to ask us. And I think that we owe it to our wonderful listeners to provide some, some answers. All right, Kristen, here's a question for you. Go. What is the best advice your mother ever gave you? Okay. I have the answer to this. And this also 
deals somewhat with other questions that people have asked about how the podcast might intersect with our dating life or with relationships with men in mm-hmm. general, because we talk so much about lady, lady things. So the best advice my mom ever gave me, I would say, or at least the advice that stuck with me the most is she said to me what she said, Kristen, your mom's sassy. <laughs> she- <laughs> She's a little sassy. Uh, <laughs> does she do accents too? She does not do an accent, but she does have a very distinct accent. But uh, anyway, my mama told me, honey, if you are ever in a relationship with a man, what you see is what you get. Okay? Don't try to change a man because he's only going to change if he really wants to. So love him as he is. And if not, get out. Wow. Yeah. And have you found that that's, that's good advice? I find that that is incredibly true. And I'm not just saying that um, she wasn't trying to tell me that men are just hard hearted or hard headed oafs who are completely resistant to change. But I think it's a good point because a lot of times women can get caught up in with this sort of savior complex of wanting to mold their partners mm-hmm. into some specific ideal. And that is completely unrealistic. And you need to, if you, if you love someone, you should accept them, you know, as, as they are. And hopefully through that, if they need to make some behavioral adjustments, they'll do it on their own. Well, you alluded to uh, ways the podcast can affect your dating life. Uh-huh. And you've, you've already touched a little bit on romantic relationships. So I was wondering if you want to say anything else about how being a prominent lady commentator affects dating relationships. I think that it's made me more cognizant of maybe the minor details of relationships with men, whether that's just interactions with guy friends mm-hmm. of mine or if it is me um, sitting on a date across from a guy watching and waiting for body language mirroring <laughs> that would signal our inherent attraction to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked a lot about the biology of love and attraction, and sometimes I have found that uh, if I get focused too much in on the science, it can squelch the magic <laughs> a little bit. But at the same time, uh, it's also it's also comforting in a way. I just feel like it has given me a better, more balanced perspective of how men and women interact, appreciating the differences between us, mm-hmm. and also appreciating the similarities. So that's what I would say. Now, Molly, you've been you're playing Barbara Walters right now. <laughs> it's time to turn the tables on you. All right. Let's, let's, let's start with your mom's best advice and then get to the, get to the guy stuff. Well, a best piece of advice. I don't know if this is advice per se, but it's something my mom always said when I was upset and it just always sticks with me. And she always said that things happen for a reason. Ah. And I know that there are a lot of people who have trouble with that as an excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, when something really heartbreaking or tragic happens, I think it can be really hard to throw that out to someone who, you know, you know, just lost someone. Right. Um, but for things like, uh, guy stuff or for not getting jobs or for just not getting something I want, I always hear that in my head. Uh, my mom saying, you know, things happen for a reason. And when I look back on my life and I think about things that, you know, jobs I didn't get or, or boyfriends that didn't work out, it's always because you can see how there are better things in store for you. Yeah. So I think that just that sense of optimism that even though you're crushed at the moment, over something that happened, knowing that, you know, there's something ahead and you can't see it yet. And, uh, and you just got to wait for it and move yourself towards it. That was always just really helpful to hear my mom's 
boy saying that to me. That's a very healthy perspective. And you know what? That's something that my mama told me too. <laughs> Maybe our mom should get together sometime and have really coffee. Should. Does your mom listen to the podcast? My mom does. I don't think my mom has ever listened to a single full episode of this podcast. I think she's a little scared to hear what she didn't tell me. <laughs> Not lying. <laughs> All right. Um, what other questions did we get, Kristen? Wait, 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 wait. You just skirted, you just skirted the entire question oh. that you asked me about, about boys. You're not going to get off the hook. Um, you know, the biggest, I don't know if I notice, uh, I guess the biggest difference, the way the podcast affects my personal life is just a weird factoids I drop in conversation. Mm-hmm. And this affects both girlfriends, guy friends, boyfriends. It's just, um, you know, you just never know when I'm going to start talking about menstrual cups, <laughs> um, which can be off-putting to some people. <laughs> hey, you know, the, guy. this shot glass is roughly the same <laughs> size as a menstrual cup. Did you know? And I think that when we were talking about this podcast, the number one thing Krista and I have learned about as a result of our listeners Menstrual cups. Menstrual cups. Menstrual cups and that long distance relationships can in fact work. That is true. We got more just beautiful stories of blossoming love that transcended oceans, countries, state borders after that episode. Yeah. I mean, it was incredible. You people are a bunch of, a bunch of romantics out there. I will say, you know, there were days when I'd be kind of grumpy and it would just be like 10 stories of long distance relationships that worked. Let me guess. You (laughs) fell in love. Okay. And and then he moved. He moved from Australia for you. Yeah. (laughs) We still love them. Don't get us wrong. We love. Yeah. There is nothing better than hearing that, that, that love. love But getting back to dating, um, Kristen, I will say that, um, I learned a lot about what I'm interested in as a person as a result of doing this podcast. Yeah. Cause I did definitely did not start as, um, the person I am now when it comes to women's issues. And I feel that any person that will sit there and listen to me talk about things that I'm passionate about, be it n- not menstrual cups per se, but just these issues that I think are so interesting relating yeah. men and women. If people don't even want to listen to me talk about that on a first meeting, then they're done. Yeah. And so I think if anything, it's helped me winnow out losers. That's, that's pretty helpful. Yeah. Let's say. So what, what else do we have? What, what other burning questions people have? Kristen, a couple more, right? What are your favorite episodes of Stuff Mom Ever Told You? Ooh, my favorite episodes. Pretty much anything involving Helen Fisher's research Very on true. the biology and anthropology of love and attraction. I think it is endlessly fascinating. One of the most recent ones that we covered was on the seven-year itch, basically whether or not um, married couples really do go through that lull where you want to cheat, you want to end things, and it's over. And research indicates that we have this four-year window of the honeymoon effect that would translate back to hunter-gatherer times and the time that it would take for a couple to get together, make a baby, and for that baby to grow up enough that it can not be quite as vulnerable to Mm -hmm. the elements. Just things like that, things that explain why we are the way we are, and especially with those issues such as love and attraction that are endlessly confounding to me. I got four words for you, Kristen. Yes. Brain on a breakup. Oh, man, that's a good one. That was one where we also used Helen Fisher's research. And I have to say, like, I think that might have been my favorite one to research. It Mm -hmm. was just a simple study that Helen Fisher had done about how breakups work in your brain, as the title implies, 
And it was, I think it was one of the, it's definitely one of the top five studies I've ever read in terms of making me feel not insane. Right. And I think that's all we said for the entire podcast was like, oh my gosh, I'm not insane. We're oh not, my gosh, I'm not insane. You're not crazy. You know, it's just your reward neuron. It really is like drug addiction withdrawal. So it's, um, like you said, anything with Helen Fisher is always great. Um, my other favorite, I, I do have to say is poop. Oh, Lady Poop. Scoop on Lady Poop. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, and, uh, when, I think when we recorded that, all we remembered was the goofy saying poop part. But when you go back and listen, that was another one where we got to use a lot of really cool science to mm-hmm. explain, uh, what goes on inside <laughs> men and women. <laughs> yes. Any other favorite episodes, Kristen? Any other favorite episodes? Um, I thought that, Episodes that turned out differently than I thought they would. Basically, when when the research surprised me, some stuff like tattoos. Ooh, tattoos was fun. Men's facial he- hair. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Sex addiction. Sex addiction was pretty fascinating. Penis size, very fascinating. I really liked Homac. Homac, yeah. When you when you basically when the results. Kind of surprise you. And the thing that I like the most about researching these podcasts is finding the studies that you think that no one would have conducted. Yeah. You would be so amazed. You read a blog entry on that, Kristen. Yes, yes, I did. Um, Kristen, what, what sources do you look at during the week? Like what, when you're looking for ideas, how do they strike you? Well, I have a folder in my, in my bookmarks called Lady Stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my, well, my three main, four main hits would be, uh, Jezebel, mm-hmm. Broadsheet, which is on salon.com, and then also the double X from Slate, and then the New York Times women's page. And that's probably not very surprising to people who listen to the podcast because we're constantly calling out, uh, different writers, different, um, articles from all of those sites. But I think that those those four do a really great job of not only reporting on women's issues from all all areas, including more frivolous things such as celebrity gossip and fashion and all of that, to more hard-hitting issues and providing a lot of solid analysis. So are there, in addition to those, Molly, are there any other any other sources that you go to? Kind of your daily, daily hits. Um, I would say my daily news sources are the ones you mentioned. Um, and what else? I like Discover Magazine a lot, Live Science. Um, I always am surprised when I can plug in a, a lady topic like, um, bras and find something come up on a really sciencey source like that, but they do. Um, and then, you know, when we do our deeper research, we have access to databases that pull up those, those studies. And how, how much, how many hours would you say you read of um, our, our our podcast sources, Kristen? All right, well, it depends on the podcast, but I would say, I mean, at least at least a few hours every week. Yeah. So now that we've covered the podcast in the past, I got a little question for you to take it into the future. Oh. And listeners have also wondered this as well. What kind of topics would you like to see in the future? Anything that you've been burning to do, but we just haven't had the chance to do yet? Oh, well, like I said, we have really long lists of things that we, we want to do in the future. I would say the big ones that we know we need to do soon are adoption, um, polyamory. A lot of people request that Oh, one. polyamory. Yes. And um, we're starting to get there. We're starting to talk about monogamy a little more. Mm-hmm. A lot of people request podcasts about Playboy. Yeah. A uh, big cultural touchstone. Pornography. 
And uh, childbirth. I would say that a lot of people write in about childbirth and early childhood issues, but I will say, looking back, that that is one of the most controversial things we can ever talk about, Kristen. Mm -hmm. Whenever we talk about motherhood, that's when we get a lot of emails like, you guys aren't mothers. You really shouldn't talk about this. That has been a tricky, that's probably been one of the trickiest things to get around with this podcast is when we talk about pregnancy, childbirth, parenting, et cetera, it is all with a caveat of you and I have no offspring. <laughs> and, uh, and I think that, I mean, we still apply the same research analysis we do, but there are people out there and I would probably be one too, if I'd had a child who just believed that we aren't able to talk about it at this stage in our life. So I think that that does keep us away from some of those, um, motherhood related topics which is why for 2011 you and i should both probably just adopt some kids Mm -hmm. you know just for podcast reasons kind of like the home ec babies that we talked about on that episode maybe we can maybe we can snag a couple i feel like that'd be an interesting experiment to just maybe the whole howstuffworks.com office maybe i could borrow my niece or a nephew you know we do we are both aunts now yes we are so see, that's something people, we have, we do have children in our lives. We're not just, uh, not just going it completely alone. But as always, I think that whatever we do, it's always going to be shaped by what listeners want to hear. Cause we do, we read every single thing you guys post on our Facebook, on our Twitter, every email we get, we read and we always take what you guys take into account. And we know that we have the most awesome listeners in the world. We like, do. This podcast would not be fun anymore. I don't think we would have gotten to 200 episodes if we didn't have such awesome listeners. This is completely true. So with that, we want to thank all of you. And as always, keep the ideas coming. Let us know what you like and dislike. Going forward from 200, how can Molly... Consider this your virtual suggestion box. Just send us an email, momstuffathowstuffworks.com, for any any tips, any advice, any podcast suggestions you'd like to send our way, send us an email. Send us an email, momstuffathowstuffworks.com. And again, thank you for 200 episodes. Kristen, thank you for 200 episodes. Well, I mean, need to go some cake. Let's wrap this Let's up. Wrap this up and eat some cake. Or an entire pie. <laughs> oh, I don't know which I'd like more. So with that, head over to our Facebook. Uh, leave us a comment there. Follow us on Twitter at Podcast, And check out our blog. You can leave a comment there as well. Stuff Mom Never Told You at HowStuffWorks.com For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. 
Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.